0: Love is shown in its most potent form, whenever someone is trying to pull it away. And now for, where's the God in this? Love him there. This message that Jamie just spoke, I didn't talk to her before about the coordination of our messages. But they are extremely, extremely coordinated. I know God needed her to say that before I came to speak my final message um, for at least the next year. The title of my message today. Actually, while I was sitting there, I had to change the second half of the title of my message because of what she was saying. It just resonates so much with what I'm about to say that I had to change the second part of the title. The title of my message is just a little long, but you're going to see me repeat it over and over again. So it'll remain stuck in your head. Where's the God in this? Love him there. Where's the God in this? Love him there. And today I just want to tell you about a testimony. I don't even really have a message. (laughs) I just had a testimony about my Waffle House visit. And I just wanted to tell you guys about it. So I had jury duty one day and I went to Waffle House whenever we had break. And so I had about three hours to eat. The devil tried me and tested me this day, y'all. (laughs) He tested me with this staff, with everything that was going on at this Baba house. But God was there the entire time. Every single second, God was there. And he left an opening for me to get to him. I had to fight through some mud inside of myself in order to get to that opening every single time. However, he always left an opening. God was there. And so I pulled up into this this Waffle House parking lot. It wasn't the Waffle House parking lot. It's downtown Atlanta. And so there was a parking lot that was across from the street from the Waffle House. And I realized what I need to do is I need to go and pay this parking because I know how they are down here. This is business as usual. If I don't pay for this parking, they're going to come after me. And so I was like, the wise thing to do is go pay for this parking. I went and paid the parking. Whenever I got to the parking meter, I realized I put my card in to pay for the hour parking, because I calculated it in my mind. I'm like, Waffle House, usually I go in there, they immediately get my order. Waffle House is pretty good about that. But I'm like, let's say five minutes. They take my order in about five minutes. They take about 15 minutes to bring my food out. That's about 20 minutes, and I take about 10, 15 minutes to eat. And so maximum about 35 minutes, I'll be pretty good. I'll be able to leave. Waffle House is very good on that. It's like, I love Waffle House, and I go there all the time. And so Yeah, I put my card in for the one hour parking and the thing says your card reader is broken. And I was like, what you mean the card reader is broken? This downtown Atlanta, a lot of people don't have cash. And so why would you allow this machine to remain? And I said, wait, stop. Where is God in this? And I had to think and I was like, "Okay, where's the God in this? The God in this is he has allowed me an opportunity to focus my eyes on him when the devil tries to pull me another way. That's where the God is. Love him there. Okay. Thank you, God, for giving me this opportunity to show you love. That's the focus of my attention right now. I'm not looking for anything else. Simply the ability to show him love. Some good husbands in the room probably understand whenever your wife presents to you a good opportunity to show her some love. And you're like, "Ooh, there's an opportunity. Not that I'm going to get anything back. But you just recognize it. And you want to catalyze on it because you're like, this is a great opportunity. That's the way I'm looking at God. This is an excellent opportunity. Even though it's a little painful for me, he's trying to pull my attention. This is the opportunity for me to focus on you and to show you this love. And so I'm like, okay, thank you God for putting me in this situation to show you the love. I go back into my car, I'm like, maybe maybe I have something. I don't carry cash, I don't put cash anywhere, but I checked my car just to make sure. And the parking was $3 for one hour. And I checked the middle compartment in my car and in the middle compartment, lo and behold, there's exactly three dollars. Thank you, God. Wasn't expecting that. Just thank you. You were here. I loved you before I even knew. And so thank you for giving me the opportunity to both love you. And then thank you for doubling on top of that and then loving me. Thank you. Okay. And I took that three dollars. I put that in the machine. I didn't have any more money. That was it. I only had that. And I knew that if I went to the limit, I was not even expecting it to go anywhere near the limit. But I knew that if it went to the limit, then what I was going to do, I was going to go ask the Waffle House people, if I could, you know, trade some money in for some cash or something like that. Maybe come back out and then pay it. But I was going to have to plan ahead of time for that. And so whenever I walked in to the Waffle House, I talked to the waitress and she sat me down. And I went to sit down and... The table was a little messy, that was okay, but I felt like they were gonna come and clean it. And I'm waiting now, I'm waiting to get my order. I was expecting to get my order taken immediately. I only have three hours, only have three hours. But I only had that amount of time in order to get back to jury duty, basically. And she had me waiting for 10 minutes, and then 15 minutes, and then 20 minutes. And at that time, I was like, well, what's happening? And so I just started to strike up a conversation with one of the workers, because he saw I was wearing a jury duty badge, and he asked me about it, and I was kind of cordial to him, and I started talking to him about it. and. Um and then like 25 minutes went by, and then 30 minutes went by, and I just, you know, the guy that I started talking to, I was like, hold on, can I just talk to you? I was like kind to him, and then I asked him, and I said, can you ask my waitress if there's any, any way that she can come and take my order anytime soon? And he was like, yeah, I'll go ask. I was kind to the guy. And 35 minutes went by, and my stress had built at about 20 minutes. <laughs> I was towards the peak of, of, of my, my limit, but, I was hoping to relax myself by watching a movie, but I was getting pretty close. And so this is what happened at 35 minutes. I look over to my right, and they had brought me my water, they had cleaned the table, but I look over to my right, there's a little cockroach crawling on the right, right next to my face. And I look at it and go, (sighs) where is the God in this? And I figure out where it is. It's going to be the devil is pulling my eyes this way, but I'm going to keep my eyes on you because that's what makes you feel loved. And I'm like, however, there's a cockroach by my face. (laughs) And so I look at the guy I was talking to and I call him over here and I'm just, I'm like, how does God want me to speak to this guy? Because he doesn't want me to just let this type of thing happen. He doesn't want me to let that happen. Love is for correcting. You correct people in love. If you see your child about to go jump off of a cliff, if you really love them, you will tell them to please stop. And so if you love them, you will correct them, but correct them in the manner that love is described. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love is also not self-seeking. And that's the thing that Jamie was talking about earlier. And I was actually talking to one of Genesis's friends recently, and when I told him love is not self-seeking, he didn't even know what that meant. He was like, what do you mean it's not self-seeking? And I was like, huh, you know what, now that I think about it, I don't know what that means. That's actually a good question. He said, selfishness? I was like, yeah, let's just use that for now, I guess. But when I got home, I had to think about it and think about it and think about it. I was like, what do you mean it's not self-seeking? And then I praying to God and God kind of started pouring into me the word seeking really that's just what are your eyes trying to focus on that's what seeking is you're using your eyes to focus on something finding the thing to focus what are your eyes attempting to focus on so really that's saying love does not focus on you love focuses on them it doesn't matter whether it benefits you you're not focusing on that even if it's hurting you you're focusing on them you'll keep going if it's benefiting you you're focusing on them you'll keep going And so your gauge, whether you should stop or whether you should go, has nothing to do with you. Your gauge, whether you should stop or whether you should go, has to do with you focusing on them. And so whenever I'm dealing with this guy, I ask God, what do you desire? What makes me love you the most? First is focusing on you. Second is to show your love through me towards your sheep. And so I ask him, and that's where God is. Love him there. That's how I give him the most love. Where is God in this? Right there. Love him, man. And so what I do is I speak to the guy and I speak to him kindly. I just smile at him and I just go. And he looks at it and goes. He kills it. Wipes down my table. And he just so disappointed in himself. And he just says, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. And then I'm waiting at 35 minutes, five more minutes, 10 more minutes, 15 minutes. And At that time, then the woman comes at about 45 minutes to come and take my order. And I was expecting to have my order taken within five minutes. But here's what I have to say. My peace was not taken for a single second of that 45 minutes. Not a single second. Because I fought to retain my peace. I fought with God giving me strength because my eyes were on him. He showed me because I watched him show me the moves, how to fight against the enemy that was trying to pull me the other way. And it was hard. It was very hard. It was something I had to fight for to love him. And she comes to take my order, and then I'm like, finally, okay, um, thank you. And I was kind to the woman. I was just like, this is what I would like. And then she's like, okay, I'm coming out. I see that she's got her focus. It should have been that it's focused on me a little bit more now. And like her table should have freed up. And then I begin to wait 50 minutes, 55 minutes, an hour, an hour and five minutes. An hour and five minutes, I look to the left, and I realize there is a glistening orange metal contraption on my wheel outside across the street and i look at it and i go where is the god in this where is the god in this and i can see that god inside of myself when i search he's opened up a little door it's a very very small door that i have to fight to get to it's not a door that is going to just come to me it's a door i have to go to it and i have to fight through demons to get to that door and that is where God desires for me to love him. I can't love him in this darkness when it's surrounding me, but there is a little light door that he has opened up. And he said, if you come here, you can love me here and I can protect you in that light. And I had to dart towards that light as fast as I could before anything else could come. And I started to love him there. I said, thank you, God, for whatever you're doing. You desire for me to be here. However, you also desire for me to give correction to your sheep. However, there's a way you want me to give correction to your sheep. And so I talked to the people and my waitress, I just called her over and I said, I first asked God, how how did you want me to speak? And I focused on her. I didn't care about how it affected me. I focused on helping her for the future. I focused on helping their business for the future, because these types of experiences are terrible for another person that may come in. And if no one says anything, then they will repeat the same mistakes. But maybe I can give them a shock factor out of love to make them do better in the future and it may make them be more prosperous in the future. And so I was going to speak to her, but I was going to speak to her in a way where I'm focused on her and focused on him, not focused on me. And so I told her, I said, this experience has been very disappointing. I would just like to let you all know that um, there's a boot on my car. I'm not asking for any compensation. I just wanted to let you all know this. I'm going to have to go deal with this. So whenever the food comes, I'm going to have to go probably talk to the guy. And she goes, oh, Kate. And then she went and got her manager. And then she, the manager came and was kind of asking what's going on, what's happening. And um, most terrible experience I've ever had with a manager. Horrible, horrible experience. He asked me, he said, this is the first thing that he said to me. Why didn't you pay for parking? And I look and I say, oh, I did pay for parking. Because I had to quickly say, where's the God in this? God wants me to behave in peace and love. However, he'd like me to stand my ground and give correction and love. Do not move however you love, which is hard, but you have to search, where's the God in this? And I said, I did pay for the parking. I paid for $3 for an hour, the machine was broken, and so I couldn't even pay any more than that, and usually when I go to Waffle House, it takes me 35 minutes, I'm in and out. Taking order, cooking the food, getting the stuff, and it's perfectly fine. He said to me, well, if you come around here, it doesn't matter what you go get, it's gonna take you more than an hour to get your food, so you should've paid for the eight hour parking. That was his response, and, I said, okay, I understand. I'm not asking for any compensation. I just wanted to let you all know, this has been a disappointing experience for me, and I'm gonna have to go sort this out. And he said, all right. That was the end of that conversation. And he walked away. And so, then, waiting a little bit, then she brought my food out fairly soon. And then I had to go out to get my boot off of my car, and I started talking to the guy, and, I tried to explain the situation to him. I was like, this is what just happened. The machine is broken. I didn't even have any more money. This is weird. And the person has taken 45 minutes in order to take my order. And they just brought my food out at about an hour 20, an hour 30 minutes. And I'm trying to get this stuff for jury duty and stuff. And he just was like, I'm not going to take it off until you pay, basically. no negotiation. I'm not gonna take it off until you pay. That's the rule. But here's what you can do. And I was like, okay, I understand that. God bless you. Thank you for hearing me out because that's how I determined God would want me to respond. And he said, but here's what you can do. You can go online and maybe you can file a dispute, file a dispute. And I was like, okay, I appreciate that. Thank you for giving me that. And I walk in and I'm sitting down and I was pent up. (laughs) I had reached beyond my capabilities to handle. And I was walking on faith, walking on God. And I needed to say something. However, I had to ask, God, how do you want me to say something? Yeah. Let me say something to bring more peace into me so that I can focus better on you. Let me say something so that I can correct your sheep so that in the future, there'll be better shepherds to your flock so that they won't harm other people, and like, be avenues for the devil to pull other people's eyes away from you. Right. And so I just basically sought and thought and I prayed to him and I asked, how do you want me to respond? And he gave me a response that I could say. And I basically just told him, I just wanted to reiterate to you all that this has been a very disappointing experience. However, I would like you to know that I will be praying for the success of your establishment. And I said that to my waitress, and she said, oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, we need that. Yeah, we're really busy and stuff like that. And then the manager came after I kind of came back, and he asked me, you know, is everything okay? You know, is everything good? And I said, "Um, I just wanted to let you know, yeah, although this has been a very disappointing experience for me, I would like to let you know I am praying for the success of your establishment. And his response was, oh, I'm a praying man. I pray all the time. I pray every day. And that wasn't a, oh, thank you for the prayer. That was "I I don't need your prayer, son. I got my own prayers. And I had to say, where's the God in this? <laughs> that was a hard manager to deal with. It was a very hard manager to deal with. And I could see the place where the God is, is he allowed a door for peace still. The door was getting smaller, but it was still there. (laughs) It was there. It was harder to fight for that door, but that door was right there. I went to the same place and fought through the demons to get there. And when you get there, you can't just get there. You have to remain there because they will try to pull you out of that gate. And so I have to remain there and only focus on the light. And then I finished up my food and I was always walking out. So basically I had to pay about, with the amount my food was gonna cost, I was gonna have to pay $20 for the food and then I was gonna have to pay $75 for the boots. So that was gonna be $95, okay? And so after I got finished and I started to leave, I was about to go and check out and I thought I was going to have to pay, and I wasn't going to change my tip either. I was still going to pay the tip because the waitress actually wasn't mean or anything like that. The manager was interesting, but the waitress wasn't mean to me or anything like that. She just had busy tables, and it was still about experience, but I was still going to tip. And as I was walking out, I was about to pay, and then the manager saw me, and he was like, nah, you good. We got you. And I was like, oh, thank you. God bless you, man. And he said, God bless you, too. And he let me leave. And so what that did was I would have been paying $20, but he gave me a free $20 meal. Didn't make me pay anything and gave me $20. So that's effectively 40. And so really the amount of $95 I would have had to pay, it got cut down to $55 that I was paying. There was $55. Now I was at a deficit and I still had to file the dispute. And I filed the dispute before I left, but when I filed that dispute, I said, God, how do you want me to handle this situation? I don't want to file this dispute selfishly. If you don't want to give me a refund and you want this to be a moment for me to show you love, let that be, please. I don't want you to take away from the amount of love I'm showing you. I'm focusing on you. My goal is to make you feel loved. And so I filed the dispute, but I did it with patience, I did it with kindness, and I did it in love. And I said, I understand that this is a business. If you are not able to refund me for my money, that's totally understandable. I explained the whole situation. I had a good argument, a good case. However, I knew that they put that boot on my car in five minutes. There might have been two minutes. They might have immediately put that boot on my car. They were looking to put that boot on my car. They were waiting. This dude was chomping on his nails to put that boot on my car. I know it. And so when I filed that dispute, I just kind of looked at him and said, if that be your will, then allow that to be. You can repay me for that, but that's okay. But I put kindness and love in there. And then whenever I left, I have made a commitment to God where basically if I'm late somewhere for even a minute, for even a minute, then one second past that one minute time goes, if I'm supposed to be there at something 30 and it's 31, I have to tie $30 to the church. And I have been religious on that. Every single time I have been late a single minute for the past couple months, I have paid $30 to the church. And so that is teaching me to get places on time. And it's a very, very tough lesson. But it is teaching me. My brain is listening and understanding every time. so as I was going back to the place where I'm supposed to park, I got there and I'm like, again, I said, I only have three hours and this has been taking quite some time. It took me a while to get there. It took me a while to get back. And so I'm pushing it. I'm really pushing it on the amount of time that I have. And so I get there and whenever I pull in, I like get out of the car and I try to walk to the bus, bus pulls off. And they saw me pull in. I know they saw me pull in. They pull off. And then I'm like, where's the God in this? And I realize, again, little door of peace. Simply say, thank you for whatever you're doing. You have me here. Thank you for whatever you are doing, my God. I'm going to leave it up to you, and you can give me the peace. That's really what I desire. I really desire the peace. And so then, wait for the bus to come back, waited like 10, 15 minutes or something like that. But this time, I walked over to where I knew the bus was going to pull up, like right where it was going to pull up. And then, the bus driver comes and pulls in, and she stops for about 20 seconds. And as I'm walking up to the bus on the side, she can see me in the side mirror. I'm about five steps away from the door. She pulls off. And the car that's right here, the navigator person, she beeps her horn. Beep, beep, beep. Bus doesn't stop. I'm going to be late. Her pulling off cost me. I pay $30 to the church. And I had to look at that say, where is the God in this? (laughs) And I could see again, thank you, God, for giving me the opportunity to love you. Because love is shown in its most potent form whenever someone is trying to pull it away. When you have something else that's trying to grab your attention and make you focus on it, that's the most potent love to God. Whenever that type of situation, that setting comes, whenever you begin producing fruit in that setting, the fruits you produce are 10 times as big. And so I said, thank you for allowing me to show you love in this situation. Thank you for putting me through this pain because you've shown me so much love and I don't always tell you I'm going to give you something back. I just want you to give to me. And so I thank you for giving me the opportunity to give you something and I don't expect anything in return, repeatedly, over and over and over again. Thank you, God, for that opportunity. And so I waited, and I just had to wait. And on that bus ride, I had to ask the question, am I going to tie $30 this time? I was in the right place at the right time. I mean, that's kind of what it was for. But then I realized I made a promise to the Holy Spirit I would tie the $30. And I tried to focus on God and I asked, would that make you happy? He said yes. And so I paid that $30. Amen. Even after this day, even after the nasty cockroach, even after the boot on my car, even after the manager, even after the woman pulled away, even after I was in jury duty for about two hours. God did not allow my peace to get stolen for a second because I kept my eyes focused on him, and it was hard. However, that gate was always there. It was always there. It was a speck of light in the vast expanse of darkness. However, that speck of light was there because I saw it, I knew it, and I went to it, and I stayed in it. And the next day, actually, the next day, I was looking at my email and I was sitting to go in to work out and I got a response from my email and I wasn't expecting to get any refund for this thing. That dude was very cold, he reacted very coldly to me. But from my email, when I filed the dispute, the person that responded, they said, you were out of line, however, because of the kindness and the grace with which you just responded to me, we're going to repay you $55 of the $75 that you had to pay. that's easy to say, where's a God in this? That's easy. And I just said, thank you, God. And so what happened was, whenever they gave me the free meal, I would have been paying $20. But they gave me a $20 meal. And so all I had to pay was $55 in order to be cut at zero, where it would have been my normal stuff. And when they paid that $55, they canceled the entire debt. God canceled the entire debt. But here's the thing, though. Here's what I am happiest about, about him canceling that debt. I showed God so much love, so much love, so I could feel it emanating off of him. He knew I gave him tons and tons and tons of fruits of love, and that was worth far more than however much money I needed to pay. And the only money that I had to pay that day was money from my own lateness. But here's the thing, even that money was paid to God. And I said, thank you for the opportunity, my God, to pay that to you in response for everything that has gone on. And here's the most valuable thing the entire time. It seems bad, all this stuff happening. It may seem bad, however, I did not have my peace taken for a single second. Not one second, not one moment. It was threatened to be taken. However, it was not taken because I focus on God. And so the moral of this story is basically, ask the question, where is God in this? And then when you get the answer to that question, as soon as you see that speck of light, it's gonna be hard. But all I have to tell you is love Him there. Love Him there. You are listening to Brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, Where's the God in This? Love Him There by Joseph Bronner. This message is number 6603. That's 6603. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6603 to a friend, go to Brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's iWantTogive.com. Listen to brothers of the often because, brother, you need the word. I'm